Um, are we ready, guys? Are we, are we ready to talk some Soderbergh? Yeah. All right. We're talking about the Oscars, right? The yeah, yeah. Welcome to the 2021 20, Oscars episode. Um, did we do a full episode on the Oscars? We did a preview. We did a preview. Okay. Yeah. But for um, real though, this is our high flying bird episode, right? <laughs> I've been waiting yes. for years. <laughs> I would love Let's to, to revisit that one, honestly. I really, I liked it back in the day, but yeah. Um, hello and welcome to the I'm Thinking of Watching Things podcast episode 38 i think um as always i don't know <laughs> quite which episode it is uh joining us today is eric wells replacing alicia Devereaux. but is he really replacing her when he's as a uh, argent i could said, get canceled for that you know <laughs> replacing like a woman on the pot a woman of color <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i said we need one more white man <laughs> That's just what the podcasting world needed, honestly. Another white voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, welcome, Eric. Uh, as as Arjun said in our group chat that you're not a part of, uh, said you're basically the fifth watching finger. Uh, ah, I love the fifth wheel, so <laughs> been there before. Um, yeah, what's up, Brooke? What's up, Arjun? How are y'all? I'm doing all right. Good. Right. All right and good. That's all I need. Uh, we're trying to keep this one short. We're, hopefully uh, it's short enough to where I can title it quickie, you know, no sudden move or like. No, four quick... person quickie. Yeah. Whoa, Brooke. Whoa. Hey, uh, we want our viewership to go up. I we got to bring this. Yeah, we've been bringing in some you. marketing advisors and they're really telling us we got to cut this down. <laughs> <laughs> But now we're trying to make this short, so I need to stop rambling because we're talking about No Sudden Move, the the Steven Soderbergh new film on HBO Max, um, the one to follow. What's the cruise line one? What's that one called? Uh, Let, Let them, them all, all talk. talk. Let them all talk. I loved that movie. Liked this one. Can't say I loved it, but well, let's let's jump into it. Uh, first impressions, Eric. We saw this one together. How, we did. How, how was my living room? I enjoyed it. Very nice ambiance. Great movie watching environment. Um, you know, a lot of fun uh, seeing like the different uh, Netflix sort of title cards scroll past while we were like talking for 30 minutes and saying like, okay, we're going to start the movie now. And then we keep talking and then just like rinse and repeat. But it was a very, very nice movie. Nice viewing experience. Uh, would recommend to anyone ideal way to watch that movie. Just stop by Caleb's place. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Means a lot. Um, Arjun, how about you? What was your What was your viewing experience? Uh, my viewing experience was on my laptop uh, earlier today at about two p.m. and maybe not <laughs> the best viewing experience uh, possible, as as Steven Soderbergh intended. But um, I don't know. I came in not necessarily the highest expectations. I, I have not been the biggest fan of the last two Soderbergh joints, if you'll call them. And I, I came in thinking like maybe uh, Soderbergh, who was once a king of bringing great actor performances out of his uh, actors and actresses, has maybe lost a touch a little bit. And uh, maybe has he lost his touch a little bit? I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to get into. But uh, yeah, got major laundromat vibes from certain parts of this and not in the best way possible. <laughs> Mm, interesting yeah we're gonna have to double back on the performances he gets out of some of these actors uh brooke what did you think yeah um and how'd you watch it (laughs) yeah i watched it back there on my bed on my laptop um like 20 minutes ago just finished um 
I liked it. I like actually watched, not knowing that we were going to watch this, I watched um, Aaron Brockovich, mm. <laughs> which is kind of in a similar way. I guess this was like loosely based on like whatever, like real event of like some car like emissions thing being <laughs> being hidden like which like I wasn't really grasping any of that until like you know he hits you with like the the credit scene with like the whatever in 1959 uh yeah they told the world that they could have stopped polluting it um and no one got fined which Aaron Brockovich is um Soderbergh's uh another one where it's based on a true story of like government and big companies sucking um but yeah I watched that earlier in the week and I guess I don't know what else has he done his like first one was like sex lies videotapes I hated that I had to watch that for a class awful awful like wrote like a paper on it disgusted by it um it's a patented Brooke hot take hot take oh like the worst like I just sat there and oh it was bad but this one I liked I thought it was fun it was like I I feel like everyone in the film was acting like they were like drunk or like on some sort of substance or like the vibes were just like not everyone's here like a hundred percent like the plot line wasn't like very cohesive but I enjoyed myself um yeah Overall, I liked it. Mm. I feel like the the plot is not cohesive in the way that like noir plots are often very convoluted and mm. just sort of an excuse to string together scenes. Um, and whether I think that can definitely be a negative while watching it or a positive. Some people really like to get lost in those sort of convoluted plots. Um, it's kind of a neutral for me. The 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 story I did for. It took me like 30, 30 minutes in. I was like, okay, what is really like, what is happening right now? Like, and who is going on for what? And we'd had a couple of like uh, pauses in the living room, you know, to, to refresh a beer or something. Um, not that not Eric me. would have, right. No. Not that you would ever drink Eric because you're not 21. So it was us 21 and up. Uh, in front of me. Without yeah. <laughs> um we had a couple pauses and we'd be like okay so wait wait what is happening who is that guy wait that guy mentioned that guy so then it's all you know and so that was kind of helpful actually to, to keep up with the <laughs> the plot but eventually i just let it vibe and liked the performances um and i liked the the set design didn't like necessarily how soderbergh shot most of the the sets with the anamorphic lens. Yeah, everything like people would just disappear off the edge and be like, why? What happened to him? He just, or get like, warped. Yeah, he got so thin. I was like, huh, interesting mm-hmm. choice there. Was I think Alicia mentioned that she was like getting sick. And I was like, yeah, I could see like the not the nauseous vibes from this, but yeah. I I still don't entirely know how I feel about that choice i think really the only time it was an issue for me was when like actors would be standing at the edge of the frame and then suddenly you get like you know wide cheetle or thin (laughs) fraser or whatever um but like in and of itself i think it was an oak i don't know i i know that he's very like 
I want to try this new thing. And if it doesn't work out, I'll take the hit. I've made so many good movies, <laughs> not in a cocky way, just in a factual way. You know, I, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I saw like he did an interview with Mark Marin where he talked about he wanted to do like the anamorphic lens to add like an additional dimension to the world of the story, like to make it feel more three-dimensional instead of just like going from left to right or whatever. Um, and so I think that like, that's a really good idea in theory. I just thought that this was like an odd film to use it for because it has that period setting. And this is mm -hmm. like a very modern sort of disorienting technique, but that also might've been a deliberate choice to say like, oh, this is a story that you would find in like an old fifties noir movie but it's being presented with this modern lens on it, both, you know, literal mm -hmm. and figurative, mm -hmm. um, maybe to sort of show like, oh, the ramifications of what these car companies were doing back then, we're still feeling them today, the past and the present. Ah, like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm Maybe I'm just like trying to justify something that was really just him being like, yeah, sure, that looks cool. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. He's one of my favorite directors. So I, I, I like sort of trying to, you know, analyze the intent behind his choices because he really doesn't he doesn't have like a brand and this was also something he talked about was that like you know you you go into a nolan movie knowing what you're going to get to an extent or wes anderson or tarantino um but with soderbergh really like the only unifying thing is that like all of them are about how capitalism sucks on some yeah. level <laughs> or another but like in terms of tone or uh formal choices or you know what have you they're all you know he has a lot of variety in the kinds of movies he makes which i think mm. makes him maybe not as popular as some of his contemporaries because there's not he doesn't fill like a specific niche but i also think that's like by design on his part um but anyway that was a lot of talking about something that could have just been him being like yeah let's do it <laughs> i think that's probably the best defense that that you could have cooked up for that lens because I, from what i'm seeing at least in my little corner of letterboxd uh it's it's not a very popular choice it, or or at the very most it's like yeah i guess like it 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 was off-putting and it did it did make it feel more modern and i wish that it didn't i wish it leaned into the period of it like even like get like give me a black and white version give me like you know i'm i'm all for like leaning into the the sort of nostalgia of the noir but it's it, i guess it's also a neo-noir because it's it doesn't do that so um yeah arjun how'd you feel about the the wide lens that's so interesting that you mentioned all that because i had no idea like what the time period was until they actually mentioned that it was 1928 or that he was you know or 1940s like they mentioned the date 1928 and i was like Wait, i thought this was like in the 80s like what is happening did right? you see at the Wait. beginning it says like 1954, 1954 on the yeah. like also all of <laughs> All of the cars, all of the costumes. Well, I don't know when like cars, you know, were. <laughs> I, I I could get that. I'm not, I'm not, a, car a, I'm not a big car guy. You know? <laughs> I mean, people could have given me any big Okay. But anyway, I don't know. I definitely did not like have a strong feeling about the way that it was shot. I don't think, but I certainly get that that it was a very disorienting and it didn't work necessarily for me, but. I guess I see where you're coming from, Eric, that there might have been some purposefulness to it. I just, I don't know, it didn't really, it didn't really ever click for me. 
I think I don't even is... know if I believe what I was saying. That was just like a theory, amusing. If you uh, I think that is the charm of Soderbergh, though, is that you don't know exactly what you're in for when you fire up one of his movies, especially recently. Um, with like we we mentioned uh, High Flying Bird, we've mentioned um, uh, The Laundromat, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's not great. Um, but I love to let them all talk. Like, I know you're not the biggest fan, Arjun. Alicia's a big let them all talk gal as well. I'm a um, member of the Hive. I really you're like you're certainly a member of the Hive, Eric. Uh, one of my favorite movies of last year. And, you know, that's totally different from what he did here in tone, in scale, in genre, and and often the way he shot it. It's very, very different pacing in the editing, too. Like, it's all very... It's all very unsane. Wait, do you all know unsane? You like unsane? Unsane. Good movie. Good movie. Like a psychological thriller, but like he, he kind of is better on iPhone. Like his movies, I think that he shoots on iPhone look a lot better than the movies that he's been shooting on digital lately, which is such a weird thing to say. But like he mm-hmm. just gets so creative with it and like moves the camera in such fascinating ways. Like High Flying Bird, like there's certain shots in that that despite being kind of like plain shots are just so creative that like hey, it almost reminds me of like Michael Mann in like the 2000s when he first started using digital and was just like not trying to shoot it like film looked which I feel like is a trap that so many filmmakers fall into where it's like we're just gonna shoot this the same way people have been shooting movies for a hundred years but it's like <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore and mm-hmm. yeah I, I love Soderbergh too Eric which is kind of why I feel almost a little bit disappointed by mm-hmm. how much I haven't liked his recent works but this is all just making me want to go back and rewatch Sex Lives and Videotapes <laughs> and that's one that I still that's a blind spot for me that I'm ashamed about i've got i have the dvd you can come over i know (laughs) all right well great we'll we'll set up a night uh how did we let's let's jump into the (laughs) performance let's jump into the performances of this one because i feel like that's yeah that's what the main star like i mean the main star of the movie is the (laughs) are the stars i feel like uh there was some interview with soderbergh maybe like a year or two ago where he was like yeah all I kind of really want to do now is put like good hot actors like <laughs> on a screen in like interesting situations and let them cook oh, and for let them all talk <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with Kieran Culkin uh who was like great I thought I used my he favorite performance was so good at it he was he was firing on all cylinders in a in a in a like in the setting that Eric and I watched it in with a like a couple of buddies, very funny, funniest guy like in the room ha- was very like his wisecracking without being obnoxious. I felt for the guy when he died. Obviously, he wasn't a great person. His character spoilers, uh, but I I I wanted more of him in the movie. Like I wanted he was an interesting player in this like plot, and I wanted to see more of him. But I'm glad that we got what we got. Mm-hmm. How did y'all feel? Uh, I don't know that I've have I seen him in other stuff. I, I seen don't. him as a child. He's in Succession. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Pilgrim. He's the roommate in Scott Pilgrim. I haven't seen mm. Scott Pilgrim, but anyways, I was like, oh, he had like the most like normal man voice. <laughs> like I don't know. Like he just his voice was just like someone that I've like met before like he could have like I could have met that man in a grocery store which seemed like pretty opposed to like all the other like at least male actors in that movie but yeah I liked his uh 
his just kind of sassiness that he was bringing through is like quiet. He seemed like bored of the situation, uh, but happy to be there. <laughs> like when he was just like lounging in the car and counting down his minutes. But yeah, I was just really struck by that actor's voice. And that was it. <laughs> Arjun. <laughs> Yeah, it made me uh, go to Twitter and rewatch the Succession trailer for like the fifth time today. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he's kind of always great, even though, I don't know, it seems like he does have a lot of range as an actor, even though he's gotten a little bit typecast, I feel like. And I don't know, it's like, I almost think back to what a dweeby little kid he was in Home Alone, which <laughs> even then kind of showed a lot of like acting chops and like almost wish he would get cast as a little bit of a different role sometimes. But even then he always comes and just, packs a ridiculous punch <laughs> yeah i feel like i don't know it's it's sort of a trap almost because like his death kind of needs to happen in order to set the rest of the plot in motion because it really it all it's like two different movies almost you have like what you think you're gonna get in terms of like the initial heist and then it just goes in a completely different direction as soon as he gets killed so it's it's like an essential moment in the movie but he's so good that you wish that that there was somehow a way for someone else to be the one that dies instead of him, just so that he could just be like in the corner of the frame, uh, you know, shooting off wisecracks and stuff. Like I would have, I would have traded all of Julia Fox's scenes. Just oh my for, like, God. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's have the Julia um, Fox conversation. Uh, I thought it was like embarrassingly bad. <laughs> I thought it was like, and, and I genuinely like, most of the time on this pod, even when it comes to critiquing movies I don't like, I really try to come at it from a, an, a, an approach of like, A, this is something that I want to do with my life. So I don't want to fucking pretend like I know. I don't want to be like, I, I know exactly what to do in this situation. Like, I'm just a weird 23 year old, but like, dude, come on, come on. She, she genuinely felt like, and I wrote this in my letterbox review. She genuinely felt like a like a tween doing a 1950s housewife improv in the worst possible way like i did not believe i did not believe her character at all any move her character made i didn't uh, except for except for the revenge she takes on um on um goodfellas guy why am i blanking on his name Liotta. yeah ray Liotta. yeah frank the b movie guy <laughs> is he in the b movie as he plays ray liotta <laughs> i watched that movie when it came out i haven't seen it since uh yeah I, best, I think i don't know alicia i did say this that i would include alicia's opinion alicia <laughs> said that uh she thought it was fun her performance and that she felt like she felt that like david harbour and amy simons and a lot of people were really going for it and she included julia fox on that list which I disagree. Julia Fox <laughs> was so fucking wooden and dead on screen, but that's that's my opinion. How did how did y'all take Julia Fox's performance? I think I don't know. It's interesting because in Uncut Gems, she was like very natural, and it's that kind of like um, Florida Project style of like just cast someone who has a lifestyle that's sort of similar to the character, and just she, like you know let them back, like. Right? What's huh? that? Wasn't she friends with the Safties and like they cast? I think her so. Yeah. Her. <laughs> I yeah. I think the character is kind of inspired by her, and it you know it's that that style of like 
just letting someone exist on screen as that character and capturing it. And it was very naturalistic. And so maybe she was like self-conscious about like, okay, I did that movie where it was a character that was so much like me. Now this character is like, it's a completely different time and place and a different sort of person. And she, I, I don't know. I don't want to like diagnose it. I don't know her. I haven't seen any of her interviews talking about it or whatever, but like it, it felt very much like she was trying yes, to you did. prove. We watched one together. That's true. We did watch, it was like 30 <laughs> seconds long and she said like really nothing. Yeah. Uh, but Sorry, it I felt like she was trying to prove something almost of like, I, I can play this character that is totally different from uh, my Uncut Gems character. Um, and so it just, it felt like she cranked it up a little too far in terms of like really going for like the, oh, Ronald, oh, oh, honey, oh, I'm like the, the housewife femme fatale. It was like, she, she, I think she, if she had tried less, it would have been more, like, I don't know. I don't mm, know what I'm no. saying. No, um, I, I agree. But it, it could be a fluke. It could just be like an off performance for her. Um, or maybe Uncut Gems was the fluke. I don't know. I really liked um, Amy Simetz. I don't, I might be getting the last name wrong, but she's like, obviously like, you know, I, I'm familiar with her work, but she's not like of the same status as a lot of the other actors in terms of like name recognition. Um, but she like really stood out to me as far as like some of the, the female characters in the movie, because it is a very male dominated movie, but she definitely made up for Julia Fox. I think I really mm. liked her performance. I did too, but like, I loved uh, She Dies Tomorrow so much that I just, every time she's on screen, I'm like, come on, go back to, go back to directing whatever your next movie is going to be. Like, I just, <laughs> come on. Like, don't waste your time. <laughs> she uh, Dies Tomorrow, famous disagreement on the pod. Masterpiece. Yeah, it, uh, it's a movie. It exists. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of Brendan Fraser? Because that was my favorite performance from this movie. And like, I don't think it was even close. I loved every time he was on screen and like, kind of like, could this be a revival for Brendan Fraser? I hope. I hope. So. Doesn't he have that TV show that's pretty popular? He's on Doom Patrol, um, which I haven't seen, but he's, it, he's it's, a, it's a voice performance though. Oh, um, uh, okay. But, um, and then I think like he's in, he's like a guy who gets in a car crash. He's a robot. So it's like, he does the voice of the robot, but then there are flashbacks when he's a human. And then he does that again, have not seen this show, but I do like reading Wikipedia. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I think he's doing like the Aronofsky movie that's coming up soon. Um, but I really liked him in this. Um, I definitely really liked Brennan Frazier as well. And I'm trying to find out what his career is up to at the moment, because I would love to have a Brennan Frazier renaissance. Like, I feel, he was like a weirdly, like, I mean, his whole career has, you know, the whole story and all sorts of things of reasons why it went the way it did. Um, but like, I feel like for our generation, especially, I mean, we had the mummy with him. We mm -hmm. also had, I don't know if it was a big deal to y'all, but uh, Journey to the Sin of yep. the Earth. Yep. That yes, movie. We talked about it on the pod. <laughs> okay. That movie was like huge to me as a kid. I loved yeah. that movie. Uh, so I, I'm glad to see him getting work. And yeah. I, also like, he was a sex symbol in George of the Jungle. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. legitimately like hot mm -hmm. in that movie, which is just like, I don't know. You know I, I don't know any of the like extra textual stuff that you were talking about, Kayla, but like definitely a bit of like a sad fall from grace because like I would have loved to 
have him more in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Looking at, I want to, sh- I want to wait, I'm going to share my screen. Does this, <laughs> does this come up? Does this come up on, uh, on the recording? I don't know. Look at yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Like I, I genuinely, I think it's a tragedy that he never played Superman because I think that he would have been like really, really good at that. Uh, he just, I think had the right presence for it. Um, but yeah, he had like medical stuff and he was, I don't know how much you guys have like read about it, but he was like, um, you know, assaulted really by assaulted, the head of the yeah. HFPA um, yeah. and he kind of got blacklisted because mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, a lot of stuff going on, but it, it like, it's a, it, I've never really seen like the way that people online like are really clamoring for like this sort of revival for I've never seen that like for anyone else the way that people really want it for him I think he's like genuinely just a really like beloved figure for our generation um so I hope that this is like the start of and he's like been doing other stuff in the past year so I shouldn't say the start but yeah I hope that it is it is a further stepping stone towards like a Frasier Sons yeah Renaissance. I don't know if this is a hot take, but like if somebody's gonna have to play Donald Trump on screen, like I think it should be Brendan Fraser. I think he would oh. knock that out of the fucking park. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but I think that would be really good. Yeah, do you know how many fucking when we're like 40, do you know how many like Trump movies we're gonna get? Y'all, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be awful. I'm I'm sad that so much of like what I've seen for the Brendan Fraser discourse though is like before and after pictures and like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. ugly he's gonna be and like or, like how ugly he ugly he is now and like are we also is he only gonna get to play like a fat man character <laughs> do you know what I mean like he this was definitely mm-hmm. like a he was playing a role that I, I hope he's not reduced to just that type of role, like in this movie specifically as like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the fat, like bookie person that's not like really a part of the action, but I don't know. We could talk about fat phobia. <laughs> no, there was some definitely like fat phobic takes that I saw, um, but I isn't he isn't he putting on the weight on purpose for his yeah, for the, the Aronofsky, the Aronofsky yeah. movie yeah um, um, which I feel like was left out of a, a lot a lot of, a lot of people was just like shock you know like oh my god like he looks different um, yeah but isn't that like part of the discourse that can you only be allowed to be uh, fat if you're intentionally gaining weight yeah yeah that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point also um, like i'm not ready for the discourse around that movie jesus christ that's gonna be <laughs> awful yeah uh, yeah well it's already starting like when they announced the movie there was a lot um yeah i don't know hopefully it, it's like a variety of uh you know roles for him but i think like soderberg has an, a, enough skill as like an actor's director that he it, it wasn't just reduced to being like the stereotype mm-hmm. of like the ah you're gonna go to the heist and then <laughs> you know whatever like he you know there was there was more to the character i think than just sort mm-hmm. of being a cliche yeah um, I, I didn't think fortunate with his collaborators mm-hmm. yeah i'm just concerned for his future but yeah, yeah i really liked his character he had a lot of funny lines he definitely had like i could relate he felt like he was just like an anxious like 
parental figure at the beginning where he was like just get in the fucking car and like just sit next to each other and I thought that was a really that was just a funny take on that but yeah Julia Fox I like didn't say anything about her I wasn't like that bothered but at certain points she was like actually like projecting like speaking in the way that you do in theater where she was literally like Ronald like what are you gonna do with all this money and I was like whoa okay that's it even Brooke that was a better line reading than what she does (laughs) well you know I am very talented I don't want to step on any toes here but (laughs) I want to see the Brooke cut the Brooke version of the movie yeah I do too be there I don't think I'm shooting anyone though I think I'm like I don't want to be involved in, in this money stuff I just want a nice husband. <laughs> um, anyway. Brooke, you know Julia Fox didn't actually shoot Felicio <laughs> del Toro, right? <laughs> no, no. She was committed to her art, Arjun. Are you joking? She went Full all the um, Which, yeah, that guy, I texted in the group chat. Is he not, like, an ugly <laughs> Brad Pitt? Like, does he not look exactly like Brad Pitt, but, like, an alternate universe Brad Pitt where, like, he's, like, your uncle and he's kind of weird and has said some weirdly sexual stuff, but, like, he is I feel still... like Brad Pitt is just a weird... <laughs> I don't, I don't think ugly Brad Pitt is fair. I think tired Brad Pitt tired, is yeah. more Exhausted. Also, um, the bar's pretty high with Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> you compare so anyone to Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's gonna win, I think. But, but I don't think he's, like, an ugly guy. But he looks like him. Like, that's the point. Is that he looks like him. Just like, yeah, no, he does. Um, and he, then the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was just going to say, he looked like if Brad Pitt was a low-rent hitman in 1950s <laughs> Detroit. Like, that yeah. level of world-weary. Um, but yeah, no, anyway, you're going to say. Um, the performance that I hated out of the female actors here was the like what Paula the blonde yeah. secretary what was up with that I hated that did you do you guys think it was like camp enough that she was like doing something with it because I was just like very much annoyed with her all of her sentences she was just like floating around and made no sense um uh, I can't speak objectively on this I've had such a big crush on her for so long as an actress so I just can't remove that from she was in Blue Mountain State and um Mr. Robot and both times just like was so smitten that like I cannot remove that from this she probably was bad you're probably right Brooke she was awful <laughs> I you I honestly I don't have much of an opinion about her performance which I guess maybe does mean that it was bad because that's really I think the Damn worst it, thing guys. you can say but, I thought it was fine yeah. Um, I didn't have much of an opinion either. Sorry. I, you know, I, I could buy David Harbour having an affair with her. You know, she seems like a nice, a nice lady. Um, she was so fucking stupid, <laughs> but like played it in a really weird way. I didn't think her character was stupid. I just thought that she maybe naive. Um, but there, there is something to be said for like, the the sort of boss chasing the secretary around the desk trope that that Soderbergh didn't really play with it was just like yeah this happened um which I think there was room for like there there was room to give her a little bit more agency 
But at the same time, she does, she does like go forward with the plan. She's not the one chickening out as it were. And I really liked the scene with David Harbour in the motel room where she's like yelling at him for like Mm -hmm. screwing up and not going through with it. Like that's what I'm saying. Like in the script, she's like really cool. She could have been like hashtag girl bossing it. (laughs) And she just the way that she performed that. But yeah, I mean, like on paper, she's the one that wanted him to start whatever got him into this situation and she breaks it off with phil she gets back together with phil and she you know takes whatever and then goes to california and does her own thing so a cool minor character but i hated her initial introduction so much that i liked nothing else that she was a part of but mm-hmm. yeah are there any other performances or things yes. in the movie we want to mm-hmm. talk about Three one. more before we before we head out, I think. Uh, David Harbour, Don Cheadle, and one Matthew Damon. Uh, <laughs> I have a fourth I'd like to bring up too, but... <laughs> uh, who am I missing? Noah well, Juke? Yeah, it's just what like, <laughs> does he kind of seem like a CIA plant? Like, why is he in everything and like doesn't have that much charisma or talent? <laughs> I thought he was good in Honey Boy. I think he's fine. Yeah. He's okay in Honey Boy. I, I mean, like... I I just don't know. Like he's so bland. Like he's a piece of white bread. I'm not trying to make a oh. enemies with the future star of Hollywood. No, Jew, but I think I think I forgot a quiet place, Dan Brooke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Shut the fuck up. He was finally allowed to talk in this movie. I love him. <laughs> I think he was maybe created in a lab to be the younger version of Timothy Chalamet's characters whenever they need to do flashbacks <laughs> in Timothy Chalamet movies, but. Like, he's fine. I don't think that he's, like, you know, in terms of, like, that... I was going to say that generation of actors, but then I realized, like, he's only a few years younger than me, so I guess it's my generation. Um, But, which is probably to think about. He's 15 to 16. Okay, so he's a a few years younger than me. Yeah. Um, But he's, like, you know, he's not, like, Jack Dylan Grazer or anything who's, like, someone that I think is, like, a pretty talented up-and-coming actor, but he's also not, like, a horrible... I don't know there's only like five white boys that they can pick from for all these movies and they just kind of rotate through them mm. I like him he's like the scared one <laughs> he just kind of like sits there and looks anxious all the time um and I love him I love him so much don't how about, <laughs> how about his dad David Harbour who I I really like him in this I thought he was really good at everything he's asked to do which is like scared dad shitty husband um i am going to hit you now yeah i'm going to hit you now no 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 i'm going to punch you i'm punching you this is a punch this is going to be a punch it's something like that he was like i love my job so much uh yeah that was my favorite by far that entire that entire little section there was was my favorite moment of the film Mm. he kind of disappears from like the third act like i didn't really notice it until there's that last scene with him and his wife and i was like oh hey buddy i haven't seen you in a while (laughs) but um no i thought he was really good it was weird to see him clean shaven um Mm -hmm. because i'm so used to seeing him like with the you know the facial hair on stranger things which I, he's like the best part of that show, in my opinion. Um, increasingly little competition as the show goes on, I think. But um, 
I, I don't know if this is true. All I know is like I read on Wikipedia some of the actors that were going to be in the movie but had to drop out, but it didn't say who that they were going to play. But originally George Clooney was going to be in the movie and I feel like that's the character that he was going to play because he obviously wasn't going to be Don Cheadle's character. Um, so I would be very curious <laughs> to see George Clooney in that role because I, I thought David Harbour was really good. I also think George Clooney would have been really good in that role. Um, I feel like Clooney could have killed the Damon role too. Yeah, he might have been the Damon role. Um, but I don't know. That is just that's just something I was thinking about. But no, I thought David Harbour was really good. I thought it was like fun to see him play like a more uh, timid character than he's kind of usually known for. Mm-hmm. We got so there were actually I looked at the cast list to make sure I didn't miss any, and there's like. Four more I want to like mention. So let's do rapid fire. Rapid fire, right? Okay. So uh the scale is good, bad, or okay. Uh and if you have like a few more words to say after it, is is go good the ceiling? There's no there's okay, no better you can, than good. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> okay. It okay, bad, or any of the adjectives, you know, good, great, amazing, whatever you want to say. Okay. So no, there's not a real scale. It's just a, there's there's no scale actually. I'm just what's the matter. power between each of these? What's the difference between an okay and a good? Just a, a, a concise answer is what I'll ask. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, Ray Liotta, Brooke. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Arjun? Arjun's also on the okay. Eric. I feel like Arjun is like betting for my life in the gladiator ring. Like I was scared the second he put. It <laughs> I was like, oh my god, is this what about what I'm about to say? Don't do that. Um, yeah, he was fine. He was like not one of the best ones in the movie. I do enjoy the addition to the Ray Liotta getting the shit beaten out of him in the rain mm-hmm. cinematic universe, which started with killing them softly. Um, mm-hmm. would love to see another movie in that subgenre, but yeah he was fine it's like what you would expect from like a late career ray liotta performance i think mm. yeah eric or you could just go rewatch and reevaluate the masterpiece that is killing him softly but you didn't hear it from me <laughs> i love the ending i love the, the rest of it just i didn't love it as much but i still enjoyed um, and is really good he is really good though <laughs> uh my preference is for ray liotta and hubie halloween uh <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. He should have worn the clown wig from Hubie Halloween mm. in this movie. I really enjoyed his wig in that movie. Um, Matt Damon. I hot. thought he was great. Hot. Very hot. Nice suit. <laughs> Arjun, explain hot. yourself. You thought he was okay? What's up? No, it just reminded me of Suburbicon, which is a movie I didn't because <laughs> he looked so similar to his character in mm. Suburbicon, and it was just reminded me of how bad Suburbicon looked hot. Yeah. <laughs> he did look hot. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I really liked him coming in as like the the sort of money capitalism the the corporation embodied and it really reminded me of that scene in Network where Ned Beatty yes. comes on and Ned Ned Beatty's like this is how the fucking world works and Matt Damon a little bit more calm than Ned Beatty but also very like just an intimidating and cool like presence Mm-hmm. I was like pretty zoned out and then I was like oh Matt Damon <laughs> he really like brought me back in that final mm-hmm. final quarter there uh, um I also I think it's like a smart use of him because I feel like for one reason or another or, or <laughs> rewind for one reason or another uh in like recent years 
he's like his reputation has sort of like people don't really like him as much anymore they think that he's kind of like a I don't know I've just noticed that like a lot of people don't really care for him these days they think he's kind of like a sleazy guy or whatever um which I don't know exactly why but I I think that this was like a smart use of him because that's like exactly the character is like a really charming guy who just like oozes that sleaze um so it's like oh you want to hate Matt Damon fine we'll give you a role where you can hate Matt Damon um mm. while still also looking like the charming you know leading man Matt Damon yeah we Bill... love him hot and sleazy <laughs> Bill Duke uh Bill Duke. <laughs> he's um he was um what's his Aldrich name Don Watkins Aldrich Watkins Don Cheadle's oh. like uh legendary actor Bill Duke um I really wanted to see his eyes. I, Bill Duke has these like really great sunken eyes that, that just like are characters of the, themselves and he's hiding them behind sunglasses the whole movie. But then we get to see them. It almost, it literally almost felt like a wink because the whole movie, I'm like, I want to see his goddamn eyes. And then the movie was like, <laughs> and I was like, ah, you get me. Uh, Bill Duke, how'd y'all feel? Good. Yeah. wasn't in it that much right like no he, i want to yeah, like him, maybe but... like three minutes total you get the nice more like, of like a presence yeah. than a character <laughs> yeah uh how about uh john ham who i thought was boring why like i don't know give him more to do yeah yeah i agree <laughs> I mean, he was good he just didn't get a lot to do um yeah he's another character that just always seems like he's like playing John Hamm like I don't know spice it up a little bit yeah he's always like when he's playing like FBI straight man it's not like I don't know any him in authority is not good give him more like like his black mirror role was really good or his um or more comedic roles more mm-hmm. comedic turns he's mm-hmm. good at um all Maybe right him in harbor could have swapped I could have seen him in that role too uh, yeah but yeah but david harbour was also really good. i feel like i'm ragging on david harbour saying other people should have played that role. <laughs> i liked him in it. um all right wrap up time let's see i don't know how long this pod's gonna it's probably gonna be like maybe like 45 minutes uh did, did we not talk about don Cheadle at all oh my god yeah the main character jesus christ i I had penciled him down to talk about him and then I skipped him and then I forgot to go back and check which ones I skipped. Uh, Don best Cheadle. for last. Best for last. Best. That's how we'll frame it. Okay, so yeah. you really liked his performance. Well, I just feel bad that we forgot him. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> regardless of your thoughts, everybody, we love Don Cheadle. Uh, I, actually, I liked him. He's, yeah. Uh, I don't like, for some reason, I just like, with his like really gruff voice that he put on, it felt to me like he was putting it on rather than being like a part of the character. But maybe that's me thinking about Ocean's Eleven and the like atrocious accent he does in those movies. And I'm just like, I don't believe you, Don Cheadle. Whatever you're giving me, I'm not gonna buy it. Uh, but what it, uh, Arjun, Don Cheadle? Yeah, I thought he was a nice like steadying performance in this movie. But I also just, I don't know. Can we can we do better for Don Cheadle than just like Marvel movies and then like the occasional yeah. Warner Brothers just like tentpole? Like I don't know. Space Jam is gonna depress the heck out of me, so I'm maybe just like projecting a little bit. But like, come on, he's one of the best actors in the world, and I feel like it's just I don't know a lot of like not the most interesting roles that he could possibly have. But I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe I'll go rewatch Boogie Nights tonight. On Netflix. Yeah. I I agree. I feel like just after seeing him in mostly Marvel movies for so long, it was like very refreshing. Even if, even if the voice did feel a little like put on, it was just refreshing to see him do something different and remember that he is like really really good. Um, and I saw I watched Out of Sight today, another Soderbergh movie that he's also really really good in. Um, so it's and I I think in a way that made me like want his character to succeed more because it's like, I'm rooting for the character, but I'm also rooting for Don Cheadle. You're like, come on, man, you, you don't have to do Space Jam. You can like act the shit out of this Soderbergh movie and get all the money and, you know, win and everything. Um, How do you feel about Infinity War being based on uh, and influenced by Adesite? I think that's what? the most bullshit claim I've ever heard. What? Especially, like even before I watched the movie, but especially after watching it. Did they? Did Marvel? Did Kevin Feige? Who made yeah, that the claim? Russo said that. The Russos did, and Soderbergh said they need to write an essay to prove that Out of Sight was an influence. <laughs> oh my god! Because like obviously they aren't similar at all in their plot. Because I don't remember, you know. Uh, George Clooney trying to assemble the Infinity Stones and out of sight. But people are like, oh, it's a total influence. It's a total influence. The Marvel movies are so like sexless and devoid of like any romantic charm, whatever. And out of sight, I put this in my review. I was like, this might be the sexiest movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> so if it was an influence, it did not they did a really bad job of showing that influence there is that um, one part where george clooney says i am inevitable but besides that it was really <laughs> not evident wow all right guys it's the wrap up uh let's let's save what we've been watching for later because i i do gotta be going uh uh but yeah any last second last you know last things last words to say final words no set of move okay well then that's it uh thank you for listening everybody uh maybe this will be a thing that we do regularly where we do some new releases and we try to go through them quicker uh quickly this one was such a stacked cast it was inevitable that it was gonna not be like a 30 minute pod but uh thank you for listening and goodbye Mm -hmm.